It's your calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. Items in the news that you might have missed. Europe calling. So, a very good day, everybody. Welcome to our podcast for today, the 13th. Thursday, the 13th of April, 2023. Our weather, well, it started as if it was going to be a little bit on the cooler side. It's got nicer as the day has progressed. Now it's clear, lovely definition on the mountain. Uh, Got a nice walk on the beach earlier and it was lovely and fresh. Bit of a wind, but there we are. Going west around about an hour, I should find Terry. Uh, Good day and welcome to you, Terry. What's your weather like? Terry, I do apologise, Terry. I've got um, nothing coming through on the board. I'm just going to... Check. I think it should be okay now. Yeah, yeah. Hear me now. We've got you now. So tell us about your weather and everything. Sorry. Uh, tell us okay. about your weather. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a lovely blue sky here at the moment. It's about twenty degrees, I think, outside, maybe eighteen. But uh, this morning I went out at half past seven. As I stepped out the front door, I stepped <laughs> stepped back in again and grabbed myself a jacket because uh, shirt sleeves wasn't good enough this morning. But it's uh, it's certainly warmed up uh, during the day, as you say, and it's very nice at the moment. Yeah. It was 27 degrees yesterday. I tell you, it was a hot one yesterday. Yeah. Okay, well, we've got lots to talk about as ever, so uh, we'll start with this one. Reminding everybody that we're looking out uh, news items that are either suppressed a bit or maybe um, some of the information is a bit misleading, uh, both from Spain and from the United Kingdom. And we're going to start with a story that caught my eye. It's a United Kingdom conservative politician being investigated over racist comments after allegedly saying... All white men should have a black slave. This is a guy called Andrew Edwards. He's a county councillor, formerly magistrate in Pembrokeshire in Wales, also accused of saying black people are of lower class than white people during a clip that has emerged online. So what else can I tell you about him? He's referred himself to the public services ombudsman. And the Conservative group on Pembrokeshire County Council confirmed it was investigating the allegations. But Mr Edwards, who is also a school governor, has not been suspended. On the 16-second recording, a man can be heard saying nothing wrong with the skin colour at all. And then a, a blank. And I think all white men should have a black man as a slave or black woman as a slave. You know, there's nothing wrong with skin colour. It's just that they're lower class than us white people. Well, Terry, there's a shining example to us all, isn't it? Well, how ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, I, we can all make, uh, try and make a funny comment um, that may be slightly off colour, but that's a clear um, a, a clear insight of this guy's uh, mentality and his beliefs, and no way should he be holding public office at all. And also uh, a school governor, you, you know, I mean... Uh... Well, it's just awful to think of somebody having that sort of power 
can't see the inappropriate language that he's using and well obviously but, but i mean okay the time-honored phrase uh, there's there's a rotten apple in every barrel but uh, there appears to be too many rotten apples uh, recently and the, the, it's not i'm not so much concerned about him there are people like him all over the world but what i'm concerned about is the process that put him in some position of power and regarding being a, 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 school, a board, board of governors at a school and a politician, then uh, no, there's something very, very wrong that uh, that nobody has picked up on that. Yeah. Uh, worse still, that they knew about his, his attitudes. That's even worse. So that certainly needs a good clear out. Absolutely. I was watching a programme on uh, Spanish TV last night and we do see some absolutely amazing uh, programmes which don't seem to get the light of day very often. Uh, it started off by showing you, I think it was in Netflix, uh, but I'm not sure exactly because it was on Spanish TV. Uh, they were showing you some caves in Turkey uh, where you had people that had lived there uh, around 1,500 years ago um, and that basically uh, they were also showing you that there were churches all over the place um, and some absolutely marvellous insights as to uh, what was around and then recorded onto the walls of these houses, uh, especially the cave houses, to show you the, the links to Christianity, which I thought were very, very revealing. And I wondered about, you know, that one. And then straight after that, there was um, a place in the United States, I can't remember exactly where this was, and uh, it was to do with... Um, it had been a town where there was a black uh, community, there was a building, and uh, this had been the only place where uh, black people had been able to uh, go and receive proper uh, um, health care. And um, the way that it was explained was pretty good. Um, it was a, a black lady showing us, but it was the way that she was explaining uh, how her community had felt. Um, and I could quickly really understand even better why maybe uh, you know much as there are people who still see the the, the triteness of maybe the gollywog for example um you could see how something like that could really prey on people's minds when it was done in the wrong way and uh, with the wrong people. So um, I was quite impressed with what I'd saw, seen last night and, and it educated me more. So um, what about what, what about things like the Gollywog uh, issue? Well, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've never understood this problem with the Gollywog. It was a completely innocuous character that sat on the front of a jar of jam and there were uh, dolls around with a polywog figure. And nobody, certainly I never, thought anything hideous or strange about a gollywog. Mm. Um, but all of a sudden, it, black lives obviously matter, and it, it's deemed as racist and God knows where else, and obviously come from the devil, I presume, that's all I can think of. Uh, and it's banned everywhere. You can't even mention the word. Um, but, I mean, on the same page, then why aren't Cabbage Patch dolls banned? Because they're white and they're dolls and they're, they're they're a curious shape. Why aren't they banned on the same basis? Or any, it's all very any, very one-sided. Yeah, or, this, or, or this any, really does does no good to to the, the the racist problem that exists in many countries throughout the world. It does no good at all. Same with the Black Lives Matter, taking the knee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It 
does no good at all for their cause. It does no good that you have to have advertising now where it's overly biased on the, on the coloured content of the people in the adverts, trying to give you uh, an impression that there are more coloured people in, in your part of the world than, than, than in reality. It's, it, it, it creates comment and people talk about it for the wrong reasons. There's not a problem. We live in a, in a, in a coffee-coloured world. And it will be a coffee colour. What was it, that song? Who did that song? Yeah, Blue Mink. Um, Blue Mink. Take a pinch of white salt. Yeah. No, it's it's yeah. a coffee coloured world. They're talking about a coffee coloured world in the yeah. song, which yeah. is very, very true. And the sooner we get to that stage, the better. And then you can stop talking about black, white and indifferent. It, it's, it, it's, it causes that these discussions and some of these topics cause create more problems than there actually are, I believe. I think that's the reason for them anyway. Uh, but the song, if anybody wants to check it out, is called Melting Pot. And Melting Pot. It was it. by Blue, Blue Mink. Pink. And one yeah. of the uh, the lady singer from the group, whose name completely eludes me at the moment, was the girlfriend of Dusty Springfield, and she came into our radio station. That's how I remember all these things. All right. Yeah, OK. I well, Yeah, uh, here we go. Here comes the next one. Okay, I'm pretty sure that what they do at the moment is look out the most controversial person they can to lend itself to this particular event they want to discuss or whatever. And the the article I'm looking at, fat people are not overweight simply because they eat too much and exercise too little. This is a GP who's talking, Dr. Aisha Lamy. Now, let me just quickly give you the, uh, the background to this particular person. Styles himself as a weight-inclusive fat doctor. Also said questions whether weight loss has any benefits to health. Um, he made the comments during an explosive interview on LBC, which goes back a couple of weeks. I don't know why they're dragging it up again, but it is worthy of some discussion as the host Nick Ferrari chortled in disbelief at some of the wildest exchanges. Dr. Lamy uh, denied the presenter's love for red wine and hatred of exercise was to blame for his larger frame. Um, Mr. Ferrari told the LBC listeners, I'm fat because I drink too much red wine and I don't exercise enough. But Dr. Lamy, here it comes, a trans, non-binary GP based around Hertfordshire, <laughs> interrupted and replied, that's absolutely not true. Much to Mr. Ferrari's amusement, you're not fat because of what you eat and how much exercise you do. That is the line that everybody is led to believe, added the GP who has built a following of fat fanatics online. Mr Ferrari replied, Doctor, if I left you now and ran up and down Leicester Square for three hours, then went home and had a piece of lettuce and then came and did the same tomorrow and the day after, um, I would uh, start to look like a supermodel. Okay, uh, the, um, the point really I wanted to make about this one is that this is probably one of the few... I've ever heard of in all my years on the planet. Uh, the only doctor that is, um, you know, binary and transgender and all this. So they've obviously looked hard and long for this one, haven't they? Well, it's the trend now, Vince. If you want to make a name for yourself, put yourself out as being non-binary, gender fluid, all these wonderful terms that we're having to grow up with that no one ever knew before. 
and um, insist that you're called a, a different pronoun rather than he or she, uh, you start making a name. People start being scared uh, of you. And, and when you get to the point where they ask Sir Keir Starmer and they ask the New Zealand president the same question, which was, what is a woman? And neither of them could answer. Of course they can't answer. Of course they can answer. Of course they can't answer because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing and being pilloried for being honest. A woman is, 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 a, is a human being that gives birth or can give birth to, 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 to babies, to, to, to procreate. End of. A bloke can't do it. There's the difference, as far as I'm concerned. End of. There's nothing else to talk about. Right, well, we had a lot of interference coming up, uh, unfortunately, so I've had to change everything, Terry. So, um, first of all, just to establish, you can hear me okay? Yeah, hear you fine, Vince, yeah. Okay, uh, so um, we're looking next at members of Tibet's exiled parliament have claimed the viral video of the Dalai Lama asking a child to suck his tongue uh, has been shared worldwide as part of Chinese communist propaganda. In the video, the top spiritual leader of the Tibetan uh, Buddhism, he's an 87-year-old now, is seen to kiss a child on the lips before apparently asking him to carry out the inappropriate act. Uh, A member of the parliament said we need to understand the context within which this incident happened. It was in fact a public event and was being telecast live. Anyone who's followed His Holiness closely knows about his personality and his playful nature. Speaking to concerns, the video was being amplified for political uh, reasons. Setson said, while recognising the genuine concern that the public may have, we also have to be mindful about the negative campaign being carried out by interest groups, especially the Chinese communist regime. Terry, that's a strange one for me. What do you think? Well, I'll be gobsmacked if, if, if that was actually true. Uh, or is it some sort of Nepalese tradition? There was like, oh, it's Eskimos that rub noses, isn't it? Um, I, I don't know. I, I just find that very, very strange. I mean, the, the Dalai Lama, I, I have a lot of respect for, and I, uh, I would find that very strange if that actually happened. But there again, if it was uh, broadcast live, uh, then the fact is facts. But for whatever reason, why, why would you do that? I'm trying to think there was anything sexual about it, but I wouldn't think so, for God's sake. I have to but, say... Uh, you know, the, it is the, what it is, isn't it? The, well, the minute I saw uh, that, uh, and it did appear to uh, reflect what was going on, asking a child to suck his tongue, well, I mean, that, uh, that just beggars belief. I mean, realistically, is the whole world totally mad at the moment? Well, well if that is the case, then it is, yeah. Uh, there is something very very either i'm missing the point or uh, there's something very very strange you don't go around sucking people's tongues unless you're in an extremely close sexual relationship with them i'd imagine but um no that can't be right vince can it it can't be right cannot be acceptable if it's true well that, that was about the weirdest one i've seen recently and there have been a lot about but uh, we'll continue on then um let's see what else i've got for you here's the next one Quite a long intro with this one, and it's to do with Spanish television. 
And uh, this was announced on Sunday by the Ministry of the Presidency, the Interior Social Dialogue and Administrative Simplification. Um, Strange long title. His name is Antonio Sanz, who's assured that we're going to demand measures to avoid uh, this type of unpresentable uh, attacks. Um, This was because a few days ago, um, now, this was just before Easter. The Space Esta Passant uh, featured an actress dressed as the Virgin del Rocio with a doll in her hands that pretended to be the baby, uh, Jesus, of course, and was interviewed by the presenters Tony Sala, or Sola, is it, and uh, Jair Dominguez. During the programme, the Virgin complained about her cumbersome outfit, and when the presenters told her that uh, devotees want her dressed uh, like that, she sent she sent them to f off. I mean, this is actually printed, by the way. So I'm I'm reading yeah. from what the actual paper has printed. Um, yeah. At one point in the interview. Um, the uh, actress uh, dressed as a virgin assured that I haven't been able to get laid properly for 200 years due to the fact that she had to take off her clothes and then added that she was hotter than the stick of a churrero while flirting with the presenters. The actress imitated the Andalusian accent and the presenters made jokes about the way they talked about her, as well as ironising that the Virgin del Rocio does not go out in procession during Holy Week. From the Andalusian government, we consider it unfortunate that Andalusia is attacked again in this way, pointed out the Andalusian councillor to the presidency, who believes that the images have provoked the absolute indignation of the institution and the Andalusians since that trespass the limits of humour and freedom of expression. I haven't actually put this through a translator, by the way. This is the way it has appeared. So um, yeah. I'm hoping you're following it, uh, you know, with the, with the best way that yeah, I can yeah. present it. Uh, for the Andalusian minister, the television parody is a real lack of respect for the Andalusian people, their culture and traditions. In addition, in Catalonia, there is a great devotion to the Virgin del Rocio, for which he has... Uh, demanded that those responsible for TV3 apologise and that this type of affront doesn't happen again. He's asked the government of Catalonia not to allow this type of attack in the public media, which even divides Catalan uh, society itself. Um, And then the parody, it goes on to say later, the parody caused a political and social storm that could bring those responsible for TV3 to justice. As El Mundo has been reporting, the Hermandad Matriz de Almante, where the Virgin is, uh, studies possible legal actions leading to safeguarding the right to honour violated due to misuse of the right to freedom of expression and sent a letter of rejection and I reject the president of the Generalitat, Per Aragonés, and the Minister of Culture, Natalia Garriga, for the gratuitous offences expressed in the TV3 programme. They consider the parody in very bad taste of Rossiera devotion and particularly of the sacred image to which thousands of Catalans and Spaniards affect their, their profess their devotion. The 
Entity Christian Lawyers also announced that they are studying legal measures against the parody uh, since not everything is valid against Christians and they asked for respect for the faith. This Saturday, the president of the Junta or Junta de Andalucía, the popular Juanma Moreno, assured that humour is one of the hallmarks of our land. But to be funny, it's done with respect and affection. In this sense, Moreno added that it is a lack of respect for Andalusia and for thousands of Andalusians and their traditions. I think, I hope that they know how to do better when asking for forgiveness. Teresa Rodriguez, a spokesperson for Adelante Andalusia, also disgraced uh, this little parody on TV3 and recalled that you can make humour out of everything, um, also of Holy Week, but not with so much uh, malache, uh, I, I suppose that's malice, ignorance and Andalusian phobia, imitating the accent uh, of your... Bloody stop to be gentle. Uh, some of this is so badly translated. Uh, to respond mm. to this controversy, Jair Dominguez assured on social networks, mess with Hamad if you, Mohammed if you have the balls, while Tony Sola, also director of the programme, responded to Juan Mar Moreno and her request that the presenters ask for forgiveness and you cannot wait sitting down. Um Okay, that's really uh, very difficult to get the full sense of. But I saw the the picture of this particular person who thought she was going to be funny dressed in what people go to church to uh, sort of show their, profess their faith. And also at this time of the year in Spain, it is more than just a little faith. It goes absolutely wild. In fact, uh, I was over in Denia and I've never been behind the scenes of where everybody gets dressed up in those, you know, like Ku Klux Klan. Um, That's right, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that the whole thing uh, was extremely well put together in Denia. And then I came across this piece and uh, it looks like, um, you know, some people in Spain obviously um, think it's open house the way Britain can do it, but it would appear that there's been a backlash. Now, you've been here much longer than me, and you'll probably get the drift of this a lot better than I have. So what do you make of it, Terry? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, you, you give me the backstory now, but I saw a picture of that this morning. I was just going through Facebook, and this picture came up, which I looked at it, and I took it in. The picture was, as you quite rightly say, this time of the year, um, Catholics dress as, as they were when they were presumably persecuted. Uh, by wearing um, a, Ku, a Ku Klux Klan hat head covering, um, which basically, to the, to the uninitiated, you think it's a Ku Klux Klan meeting, but obviously it goes back a lot further than the Ku Klux Klan. This was the, the, it's depicting the fact that they used to have to hide their faith um, and by wearing these, these, these hats, which you will see in all Easter processions, uh, devotees uh, following along in a procession with these, in, in the same garb and, and a Ku Klux Klan hat. Well, the picture was obviously a lady sat on the chair with a Ku Klux Klan hat, type of hat, shall we say, so you can't see her face, and supposedly breastfeeding a baby. And I just went, oh, fair enough. So, so it should be. Why can't it be? I just scrolled past it. I never stopped to look at wherever any story was uh, regarding it. As far as I was concerned, breastfeeding is completely natural. And I can't see any problem 
breastfeeding a child, you can dress in any garb you wish to be dressed in. If, as you say, she's trying to portray the Virgin Mary uh, breastfeeding a, a, a child, that might be a bit uh, sensitive, I can understand. But on the other hand, Vince, I mean, you've lived here long enough, and in Valencia and, and all the, the towns around here, they have the Las Fayas, which are which are wonderful statues and uh, and and uh, de de depicted uh, um, uh, portrayals of, of, of modern life satirically, and an awful lot of them are extremely explicit, uh, sexually explicit, but no one bats an eyelid. So I wouldn't, uh, and I would never bat an eyelid with regarding somebody breastfeeding a baby. I didn't realise that it was a, a doll at the time, like you mentioned now. I just thought I was looking at. And a woman breastfeeding the baby, I thought I'd just scroll past it, well, fair enough. Um, I thought, how unusual she's doing it wearing this garb, but why should she? The, my immediate thought was, why should she not breastfeed a baby? Okay. Has she uh, got to change? Change your headdress to, to breastfeed a baby? I mean, I was uh, <coughs> struggling a bit because of the, the content of the language, uh, the terrible translation, but it would appear, because I've seen some of these programmes, that you get these uh, chacho hosts, you know, your equivalent to the likes of Jonathan Ross, but not not really like uh, Jonathan Ross. He, he's normally just having a bit of fun. But these people um, go a little bit too far anyway. I've seen them on other programmes and thought, well, yeah, they are just a little bit um, going a bit too hard. Um, and yeah, shock I, jocks, they Yeah, well, I suppose uh, it's even more so than that, because basically, um, if you're going to start messing with people's religions you only have to look at the way the muslims can um have this uh, backlash if you start messing around with their religion but it seems to be that the christian faith is open house at the moment and that uh, because obviously that's the faith i follow um that is of a, a greater sort of awareness to me and a Quite honestly, I thought, well, this this is good. At least it sh it shows you that there are certain parts of the establishment here in Spain where they're not going to allow this. They're going to actually uh, take exception and do something about it. That's my feeling, anyway. Uh, portrayed as the Virgin Mary, which is a bit of a strange, a strange phrase. I've always found it a bit laughable. Uh, portrayed as a Virgin Mary uh, breastfeeding the baby, I can understand it. I can only assume that Mary actually breastfed Jesus, no? Well, look, it's not the sort of thing that we get taught in the Bible. To be honest with you... Well, it, I can only assume that she did, because I don't think they had formula in them days. No, oh, I would I would imagine you're right. Um, but, I mean, you see... Well, that I, don't see I don't see... I personally see no problem in that, Vince, at all. I can understand your point of view, because you believe in a, a more stricter religion, shall we say. I can understand it being sensitive to yourself, but... Certainly not to me at all, from my point of view. Well, I thought there were two strands to this. I thought uh, they seemed to be uh, a, a, a little bit against the fact that it had been um, a satire or whatever you want to call it, uh, having a go at the, um, the the religious belief. But they also were then having a go at the Andalusian accent, which does come out quite a lot. Um, but okay. Well, that's, that, yeah, a, sat a satirical... As a photo, I've got no problem with it. As something satirical, they're setting out to, to, to make to, to make a statement. And again, once again, I can only say it worked, didn't it? Because you're talking about it. You're bringing it, bringing it to, to the knowledge of the rest of the world. They need the publicity. And what a great way to get it. It works. 
So uh, for them, the, the project works. Now, whatever sanctions they get, doesn't matter. They won. They've won. They've got all the publicity, and they're still getting it now for the last 15 minutes by sound of it, that, that they can never want. Um, sad, but true. Okay, well, if we took uh, maybe another thing, which not not linked to this in the slightest, but in another part of the same paper, uh, there was the trial of a Gaddafi inman for yid, uh, jid, jihadism. And uh, the quote was, we have the obligation to kill anyone who insults the prophet. The prosecutor's office requests eight years in prison for Bila L.J. Fita, to whom it attributes the justification of Daesha tax, uh, the contempt and mockery of the victims and a possible indoctrination of minors. So it would appear that the minute that you get something that is, um, you know, to do with uh, anywhere near the Muslim faith, uh, everything goes up a gear. It doesn't seem to do that with the with the Christian faith. No, but it's, it's a militant faith, isn't it? I'll say is that the right word. It's, it's a very um, uh, disciplined faith, extremely disciplined faith, back to the faith that existed in, the, in, in Europe in the Middle Ages, uh, God-fearing people being the terminology, the local priest, vicar, whatever, uh, he, he was bad. you had to respect him because in his hands was basically life and death and your, your, your eternal damnation. So God-fearing people, everybody were. Bring it forward to the present day, that doesn't exist in, our, in Christianity, but it does exist in, the, in, in, in some, some factions of the, of the Islamic faith uh, to the extent where you get in Iran where people are being killed because they haven't got a, um, a tablecloth over their head. Uh, you know, it, it's wrong. Uh, uh, it is very wrong, but it's there. It's by by this this this, this Nazi type of of oppression of the people, and, and and creating fear that they control or attempt to control the country, um, and it's worked for them for for hundreds of years. So maybe they'll they'll keep doing it, but I think eventually, people today and the youngsters today are far more clued up, and uh, it will change eventually. It'll, it'll take a long time to change more in the Islamic world. And as we've, we're talking about changes within the Christian society, uh, those changes not, are not always good. Um, you, you do need to keep a certain amount of respect. I'm an agnostic, Vince, as you may have guessed, but I believe, I believe in all gods because either they're all wrong or one of them's right and everyone else is wrong and no one knows which is wrong as far as I'm concerned and which is right. But I believe in people's faith in wherever their god may be. That's not a problem for me. I'm quite jealous of people who've got a strong faith. It must be lovely uh, to have that um, um, security of, uh, in your own mind. But at the same time, <laughs> from my point of view, we've either all got it wrong completely or, or one, or one of the, 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 the 10,000 religions in this world is actually right. Uh, I'm more of a believer in the, the, the first case that we've all got it wrong. But it doesn't matter. We have to respect each other's faiths. What you can't have is a faith drummed down your throat. Now, on the one hand, if somebody like me sees nothing wrong in a woman breastfeeding a child, but then on the other hand, someone says, yeah, but that woman's pretending to be the Virgin Mary and holding baby Jesus. Right, okay, well, there's, some of, there's, there's a line that's crossed there that could upset some people, but it wouldn't upset, it doesn't upset me, for instance. Well, I think over my lifetime, the one thing I have seen is that running parallel to a really big increase in 
really bad things that seem to be happening in the paper day in, day out is the demise of any religious or moral education. And I think that as an educationalist, um, take away my own religion out, out of the equation, uh, put into it the fact that uh, when you're trying to teach kids who won't behave, whose parents have abdicated any, uh, any means of trying to bring their offspring up, uh, in fact so much so that the, the fathers disappear running virtually at the first uh, hurdle, um, the, the trouble is that there is a slippery edge that we've seen from America and we've seen it transgress into the UK and if it's going to be stopped anywhere, then Spain needs to jump on these things quite quickly. And I'm all for it, quite frankly. So, you know. Well, well curiously enough, I, I was watching a programme um, yesterday, I think, Spanish programme. And they were discussing um, miners in Spain, not coal miners, young children in Spain being exposed to pornography. Um, and there was basically, there was, there was a case this, this recently, this week, I think it was, where some miners gang-banged um, some girls in um, in the north of Spain, and and they're all all all, all the, the 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 victims and the the the, uh, the, the rapists, shall we say, were all well underage. Now the, the the discussion on the Spanish TV was the fact that, which I thought absolutely this first time I've heard this discussion, and I've, it holds a lot of water. And I think what I'm saying now, they were discussing the fact that these miners had had, had acted out what they've seen on their phone, if you like. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You can't... I mean, there's, there's a site I look at regularly all of a sudden, there's pornographic stuff coming up on it. It's so... They, they, all, all kids have got a, mobile, a smartphone, so they've, they've got access to this stuff that used to be on the top shelf of the news agents. So, but this, this is... A, so they're watching pornographic movies, kids. The point that they were making on the television, which I've never heard anybody make before, and I think is so bloody good, it's the problem isn't so much the pornography. The problem is that these children believe that it's real. In other words, this isn't a staged... We see pornography and we know it's, it's a staged affair straight away. You know it's a staged affair. But children are very innocent and they believe in what they see. And this woman was saying the problem is that these... Not, the problem isn't the fact that children have seen pornography. The problem is that they don't know that it's not real. And they think that is what you do. So therefore she's saying... That this this act that happened this week, where youngsters attacked these uh, young girls, um, they were they were acting out what they've seen, obviously on TV or on their phones. They don't know that it's not real, and that was the point she was making. And when she made that, I thought that is so good. I've never heard anybody make that point before. Pornography is is, is there. Is you're never going to take it away. If if you, I went round Pompeii, that what a great place. If you've ever been to Pompeii. Uh, the, the ruins of the, of the town in Italy was destroyed by Vesuvius. On the walls of some of the places, there's, there's still pornographic pictures depicted in, in um, Tessalot, in, in, in mosaics and things, and painted. And I thought, wow, that's uh, the, the ad playboy there and then back in, was it the year 600 or something? But it's, it's, it's there. It's always been there. You can't say it's not there. It's, it used to be on the top shelf of my news agents when I was a kid. We didn't have videos. Uh, but it's always been there. Now it's in your face. The problem is getting it across to kids and, and adults that this isn't real. Women aren't there to be subjugated. Women are there to be loved. This is not real. That is the problem with pornography. Not the fact that it exists. It does exist. It always will exist. It always has existed. But the fact that it's not explained to children that this isn't real. And I think that's a really valid point. 
I think that the, the problem is, you see, we've gone down a road for a long time now that children can't be naughty. And unfortunately, there are some things where you know children know they're doing the wrong thing. You only have to look at a little, little child trying to put his hand into the plug on the wall and the parents say, no, it'll hurt you. And you get the look back that say, no, I'm going to still do it. And eventually the parent has to go and smack the hand. Now, that's at the age of two and three. So nothing will ever give me the thought that kids five, six, seven, eight, whatever n number you want to give me, they don't know that doing something like, uh, well, in fact, if, if we uh, go to what you were just saying about, you know, the um, gangbang or the gang rape or whatever it was yeah, called yeah. in the paper, they know they're doing things wrong. And unfortunately, their parents and their peer group just don't ever give them the guidance. Uh, but that still doesn't excuse it for me. They know that they're doing it wrong. Um, Terry, we're not going to agree with every aspect of what we talk about. So I'm going to no. move on to something which is slightly related because it was to do with up in the Basque Country uh, during the start of the... Um, uh, the Tour de France, I think it was. Um, uh, it, beyond sport, I'm reading, there's been a problem due to the broadcast on Eurosport. During a moment of the stage, um, he connects with the radios of the teams. And at one point in the Euskatel, uh, I think that must be, it's in the Basque country anyway, uh, they speak in Basque. It's then that the narrator, Javier uh, Ares, assures... And then he goes to, quote, the experiment is fine, but it must be improved. One must also speak in Spanish or translate at the same time. And he continues, well, it can be a good course to learn Basque, whoever has some interest in it. Ares wants to make it clear that listening to the radios of the teams has to be well coordinated to translate them. Uh, but then, of course, his message is spread on social media and Oscar Matute from E.H. Bildu, I think that's one of the team, has been outraged. Being ignorant should never be a reason for ridicule by anyone. Um, uh, Boa Sting of being one and flaunting, again, terrible translation. If it is a reason for mockery, he writes in uh, the... Uh, his tweet to encourage the Basque cyclists in Basque. I suppose the, what I, I think the point that really came out of all this is um, this happens to be a big sporting event, but around this country, you've got people who basically are uh, speaking a different language. Now, this at times, I think, holds people back. Um, and it's unnecessary. For example, when I look at uh, Canal Now, the uh, Valencian channel, um, they try and start off in Valencian, but invariably, whatever guest they wheel out doesn't speak Valenciano. And they immediately go to Castellano. So why don't they do everything in Castellano and really just let people communicate rather than wonder... Why, why, does, why is the Welsh language taught in Wales? Uh, yeah. Is the answer to your question? Well, well, it, because in, in Spain is uh, we, in England, it's all dialects. You, you can see you can way A from Newcastle, then and, and and from Cornish, they're dialects. They speak in the same language, spoken slightly differently. It's a dialect. In Spain, they have languages. Where we are, this is Valencia. Now, all the schools in this area, your your kids will be taught in Valenciano. 
which is uh, very similar to Catalan, which is uh, the, from, the, the, from the brand Barcelona, Catalunya. Very similar. Um, but there's, uh, I was in La, La Coruña a month ago, uh, and, and there they speak in Gallego, which is another language completely in the northwest corner of, of Spain. I worked in the Basque country for about 18 months, and the curious thing was that in, in, in San Sebastián, which is on the French border, they, smoke, they spoke Basque. I was working mainly in Bilbao and around Bilbao. Everyone spoke Spanish, Castellano Spanish, normal Spanish. I got speaking to some of the families there, and the kids were learning um, Basque language at school, but everything was taught in Castellano. There were two uh, Basque uh, TV channels, but the rest was Castellano. So Bilbao, which was about an hour's drive from San Sebastián, uh, on, the, on the coast, big sensor, uh, big industrial sensor, was the ongoing back in the, the early 90s, was they spoke Castellano. Moved towards France to San Sebastián uh, on the Spanish border, they all speak Basque. Moved the other way, east, west to, of, of Bilbao to San Sander, everyone speaking Castellano. So the Basque language is really, and if you look, if you Google and, and look for the, the, the Basque country, it is not Spain. It is Spain and France. It covers an area of sort of San Sebastian and round to uh, uh, Biarritz. It, it crosses the border, literally. It crosses the Pyrenees. That the Basque country crosses the Pyrenees because that's what it always used to be. Um, but language-wise, it's really only spoken near the French border, i.e. In, in San Sebastian and those areas. And, and inland, in, in villages, you'll get it. Same here. Uh, the lads who work for me, that. They'll speak Valenciano amongst themselves, and then, and then every now they'll, they'll break into Castellano. It's a mixture. It's a mixture. Uh, all the kids at school are taught in Valenciano. So, and then they happen to take extra lessons for Castellano. So to me, I've always thought it nice to keep a language like Welsh uh, and Valenciano and Gallego and Catalan. Nice to keep it because it's, it's part of your culture. But the world... Re relies on communication. You, there's nothing in this world that, that if you haven't got communication, it's just not going to work. And if you can't talk to the bloke across the road because he doesn't speak your language and yet you live in the same town, there's something wrong. You're immediately dividing the, the, the people up, and that is dangerous. We must have. I mean, that that, that was it. So was it Esperanto was uh, was was generated was a whole new language because of this. It was supposed to be a language to be spoken throughout the world. It never took off, obviously. English is the main language that's spoken everywhere. If you want to be a pilot, you've got to talk English. English is, is the fallback language. Thank God for that. Um, from a personal point of view, because it's easier for me. Uh, but I speak, I, I speak Castellano. I understand Valenciano. I don't speak much of it, but I'll, I'll get by. Um, but it, 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 I live here. I've been here nearly 50 years. I, I have to speak the language. And it'd be very ignorant of me if I didn't. But to, to, to force a language politically and, and in, in certain areas, like we say in the Basque country and Catalonia, um, it's illegal in Catalonia, in Barcelona, for instance. If you've got a business in Barcelona, if I walk into a shop in Barcelona, it's illegal for them to say buenos dias, which is good morning. They have to say bon dia, which is good morning in Catalan. They, they, can get, they will be fined for not greeting me in Catalan. Now, how, how stupid is that? And the schools are teaching them uh, in, 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 Cat in Catalonia. 
they've changed the, 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 the history. They've rewritten the history of Catalonia. Catalonia was, was, was a nothing area. Aragon was the, the main area uh, that controlled it. Catalonia was the, a nothing area, really. But it, the, the politicians have jumped on the back of it and publicised it because why? Barcelona's got a lot of money, a lot of commerce, a lot of power. So we'll have our own language. And guess what? We haven't got a history, but I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll rewrite the history. And that's the dangerous thing. Kids are learning, learning that, apart from the fact that they have to be ca Catalan everywhere. It's dangerous. I'm, I'm all in favour of, of maintaining cultural languages. But for God's sake, let's all try and speak the same language. Terry, let's all try and communicate together. You've saved me having to say virtually everything that you've just said, um, because basically, you know, my family is up in the north. They speak Basque. That's right. I've yeah. worked in Wales, you know, and you can get um, people in Wales who don't speak English, by the way. I did meet a lady who said that she didn't speak English. Yeah. But the minute you go past mid Wales and down into the south, they don't even speak Welsh. So, you know, quite honestly, it, some of this is so ridiculous, really. I'll go to a new topic which is um, okay. another interesting one here we go okay Spain has got one of the largest reserves of the so-called white gold in Europe uh, lithium crucial for electrification from mobile phone batteries or accumulators to the development of large-scale electricity and mobility is in sight in much of Castilla y León, Galicia and Extremadura. Uh, considered a strategic mineral, China controls the market by being the main crude importer and exporter of batteries, giving it a world monopoly on this particular mineral. Converted into the new oil, lithium begins to be crucial as a commercial weapon, and all European countries try to guarantee their needs either in South America or in Australia. Um, however, the slowdown in electrification in the face of geopolitical tensions has caused the price of lithium to plummet. Um, if in 2012 the cost uh, for a tonne uh, was €4,000 after a meteoric rise to €8,000 at the end of 2020, before the invasion of Ukraine by Russia turned everything upside down, it was trading at €74,000 and touched 82000 at the end of the past year. Uh, today, it's trading below €30,000 due to the slowdown in the electrification and the end uh, of aid in China. And despite the fact that the application of this critical element uh, for the EU also covers the ceramics and glass industry. It's also used in the production of uh, aluminium and lubricants and the manufacture of polymers and rubber and uh, treatment, among others. So, um, how much of this affects your business, Terry? Zero. <laughs> Absolutely zero. The chances of me buying an electric car are slim to none. Because until somebody can prove to me that I can drive and, and charge up freely and quickly, uh, it's no use to me whatsoever. I mean, I've been, I've been again, most of my day spent driving. I've been driving most of the day today. Uh, I, I may well have, I may well have completed my work today on one charge. I don't know. But uh, normally I wouldn't. So I've got to break my day at least once or twice a day to charge, theoretically, an electric vehicle. They come out with these mileage uh, that uh, vehicles can attain, which is very similar to what they tell you about miles per gallon that the car you want to buy, how good it is. But in reality, we all know that is not the truth. 
And um, as I said, it's, my neighbour's uh, just come down from Belgium and he bought himself an electric car to come down. It took him four days to get it. Four, four, four days, which is normally a two-day trip for him. Yeah. Four days because he had to keep stopping to charge the vehicle up. And, um, and that's supposed to have something like a 400-odd mile range or something. It's, it's less than half of that in reality. So it's, it's, we're on, a, we're on a, a ticking clock in the world to get rid of uh, my diesel car, uh, petrol cars, and replace them in, well, in 2030, is it, or something? So the same. So I've got seven years. I've got seven years. In seven years' time, I've got to give my car away or pay, pay somebody to well, well, of course, all this dispose of it. All this is in line with this twenty agenda twenty thirty, which, of course, um, for me, walking up to the uh, local supermarket car park and looking at say uh, three hundred uh, spaces, of which two are to um, charge up uh, the electric. There I, you go. That's about right. Uh, it is. It's. It is nonsensical. But I was reading that um, there's a country. I think it was Costa Rica. Costa Rica. I can't. Sh- I can't be sure of that. But I know it was in that area, which also has got a lot of this particular mineral. Um, but it's going to be critical, really, to see what happens because I really can't see if they know that the the batteries don't. Uh, decompose um, and and not create more problems. Um, I really don't see where they're going with this one because they've tried it a couple of times already. This has been the biggest indent they've made to uh, the um, motor car uh, industry, but really, it's it's not convincing us, is it? The only way it's going to work, Vince, is I drive into my won't be a petrol station. I will drive into my charging station which actually won't be a charging station, but it will be a charging station to the point that I will drive in, I will, a guy will come out, will pull out a battery from my car, and the new battery will be slotted in its place, and I will drive away. That's the only way it's going to work. It can't work, it's not going to work any other way. Either that, they're going to have to be realistic and, and stick with hybrid cars, where you've got a mixture of the two, where the car itself is charging the battery up and using, and using the battery. I actually... Uh, Last time I was in the States, uh, 2000, 2019, I think. Oh, that's a lie. 2021, I think. I had um, I hired a car. Uh, it was a hybrid car that I used, and I was really impressed. I got a 1,000 mile out of it. I thought, this this is never going to run out of petrol. I got a 1,000 mile out of this car, and uh, it wasn't a small car be- before I needed to put more petrol in. Now, that, to me, I'm, 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 I'm obviously using half the petrol, that I would normally use, less than half. Now that, to me, is 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 good use of electrical energy of a, of a, a hybrid car. That's automatically halving the problem in the world. Don't try and go to zero. You can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. What are people in the apartment block going to do? You have all these cables coming up the balconies. You know, stretching about three miles to where they park the car around the corner. It's 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 unworkable. It's unrealistic. It's stupid, and it's unnecessary. I'm surprised there haven't been more. They can't do it. I'm really surprised there haven't been more cases of people unplugging and you know uh, messing about with the um, with the charging process. I'm I'm surprised really that that hasn't at the moment manifested into a real problem because I I really can't see. I totally agree with you. Well, well, I was thinking about funny enough this morning. It it suddenly came to me this morning. Why? Because I could hardly breathe. What do you mean you could hardly breathe? I'm, in, I'm on a, one of my building sites, 
and I've got a bulldozer there. I've got a dumper truck. I've got a, a huge roller uh, machine, uh, and I've got two lorries coming up and down, and uh, 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 and like a JCB vehicle as well, all pumping out diesel fumes, right? And I'm I'm, I'm really trying to put myself on the site where I'm not getting a lungful of di diesel fumes. And it, it came to me then, how are they ever going to find a battery that's strong enough and powerful enough that a bulldozer can work on a building site all day long without having to recharge? Because that's what it's going to have to do. Because they're, they're working on my sites today from 8 o'clock this morning and they'll be knocking off at 7 o'clock tonight, very shortly. So oh. that, there's 11 hours, basically, these vehicles are going to be running. You can't do that. It's not going to happen. So it's, it's a wonderful idea. But reality has got to be, to me, a hybrid machine. Yeah. I agree with you, by the way. I, th I think that uh, does make a lot more sense. There's slightly yeah. a related thing in this one. A new Hammersmith and Fulham Council scheme uses five cameras to deter non-residents from driving down back streets. This, of course, is in London, and the effort is to limit air pollution. Non-resident drivers break the rules now, uh, facing hefty fans after a two-month warning period ended in January and the scheme has been criticised for increasing traffic on the new Kings Road in Fulham. The Labour-run council says the congestion is not being caused by the air pollution scheme but furious local business owners have said it's costing them money. And of course it comes as sad it can. The Mayor of London suggested today that he might endorse introducing a pay-as-you-drive scheme into London with motorists charged depending on the time of day, how many passengers are in their car and how far they drive. Um, this is getting so complicated now and I do agree that maybe it is time to take some very extreme measures but um, I'm not sure that what they're doing is right and I don't think it's going to be successful personally. What do you think? Well, the Mayor of London, uh, to my mind, is a very corrupt individual. Uh, he's out for everything he can get. He's determined to get himself the leader of the Labour Party. That's his prime target. But he's out, he's, uh, he's out for everything he can get. Now, the point that everyone's missing in all this, and what we're talking about here is the ULES scheme, which is the, 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 the ultra-low emission zones, which is used to be just the central London. When you came into central London, there was a, a, you have to pay a charge. If you're going to drive through the central London, you've got to pay a charge. Then they've expanded it, and now they're trying to expand it again to virtually the whole of, of Greater London. He, he went out and bought hundreds of, uh, of detecting um, apparatus to detect car registrations to be implemented in the Greater London area before he put up, he, he put up the motion that he wanted to expand the area. So that gives you an idea of what he's doing. He, 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 he didn't bother waiting for this to be passed. He went out and bought all the gear. Uh, to, to, to implement these fines. Well, they are like fines. So in other words, any, everybody in Greater London now, wherever you are, it's going to cost you, I don't know, what is this, 15 quid, 17 quid a day? If, if, if you've got a business, and it's five days a week, you're, you're driving in and out of the area, or you're just going down the road, get a bottle of milk, it's going to cost you 17 quid. It's, now, the point that no one's asked this question, the question I've, I've got to be asked, Vince, in all this, how can all these billions of pounds they're going to enter in Mayor Khan's coffers, going to clean up the air of London. Mm -hmm. Give me the link somewhere, will you? Yeah. Prove it to me that all the money he's going to receive, how is that going to, going to, going to uh, clear, clear the air of London? 
I don't see it. No. Is he putting that money in there to, to clear the air? No. Is he stopping people from going into London? No, he wants people to go into London. He wants the money. So it's purely a money-making venture. That oh. five-letter word again, Vince, money. Oh, don't worry. The last one is going to be about money as well. So here is our last one for today. Um... Right, now I know you eat meat, so this is an exotic meat producer and he prides himself on selling everything from A to Z, zebra, uh, offering lion meat for $50,000 a pound a decade after restaurants came under fire for serving up the vulnerable species. This is a guy in um, California. He runs the exotic meat market in Paris. I don't know that place. Uh, selling a range of gut-churning products, including bird tenderloins for $1,000, boneless turtle meat for $1,250 per £25, and $99 for a python gallbladder. Uh, this is a guy who reckons he was raised as a vegetarian but now claims to have tasted every kind of meat he sells. Uh, continues to list lion on his site with pound uh, setting customers. No, um, oh, it just, just goes on and on. I mean, really, um, uh, where does it all stop? Do, do, would you draw the line anywhere? Well, again, he's going to make money out of it, Vince, because we're advertising it. It's, if you're outrageous enough in this world, Vince, you'll get yourself on Facebook, you'll get yourself on TikTok, on the media, on, on a podcast, and you're going to make money out of it. So that's what it's all about at the end of the day. I'm not going to slip out there and have a, have a pound of lion meat. Thank you very much. Um, I, like, I like a lamb chop. I like a nice steak. Uh, we eat more chicken than anything. I like a nice piece of fish. I have eaten alligator, I have eaten kangaroo, and I don't know what else I might have eaten. I'm sure I've eaten stuff that I don't want to know about. But uh, I'm not going to go out shopping. I don't think anybody else is for a bit of zebra meat or a bit of lion meat, that's for sure. Uh, would you stop him? Would you would you actually say because I you know you've you've seen these trophy hunters and of course you've yeah. got the pictures of these people looking so wonderful because they've shot a living creature with a big uh, telescopic yeah. you know um, wh where would you draw the line? Oh, uh, again, these how many are there? How many people are we talking about? Not many, Vince. Not many at all. And apart from the fact that, in, in certainly in South Africa, you, you have to call. The animals and that's where they're, where they're, they're making money out of these idiots want to go and like you say use their high power rifles and telescopic sights and, and shoot an animal from a, from a, a kilometer away in, in safety and then stand with his you know, their foot on the body and have a photo taken but the bulk of them are actually um under government control they do need to cull certain herds of animals um so i'd imagine the bulk of it is regulated and it has to happen they need to be called. They're either called and you sell it and make money out of it or you you start paying uh, people to go out and shoot them. So uh, I don't, you're talking about a small number of people. Uh, I'm not bothered about small numbers of people. All right, Terry. Um, OK, we put the world to right again. Another week has passed by. Um, once yeah. again, we've got all sorts of things going on that either are not spoken about or certainly... the Anyway... Enough of that, Terry. Have a good week, and I look forward to next week. Igualmente, señor. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you, Terry. Bye-bye.